Hey, podcast world. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. We're so happy to have you. And you guys, it's episode 24, which sounds like a really exciting big number. And the fact that listeners are out there joining us on this journey makes us pretty thrilled. In fact, check this out. So we ask you guys sometimes to rate and review us because it kind of helps bump up our listenership. And I was just going to read one of our reviews that we've gotten. And it says, I'm thankful to have this resource for my family. It serves as a reminder that we aren't alone. It also provides other voices in my kids' lives to reiterate the hope we share in our home. So we appreciate so much. That's from Being Smile. We appreciate so much when you guys do leave a review or leave a rating. It's We don't take it lightly, I promise. And tonight we are so excited about our guest on Afraid Not. Her name is Caitlin McAllister. And she is a darling, adorable young wife and mom. She's a NICU nurse. And she and her family have walked through a really tough past few months. And she's going to share with us about the, the pain and the trial of it and trusting God through every step. You guys are going to love her. So listen in. Hey, Caitlin. Welcome to Afraid hey. Not. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so glad you're here. Is this your first podcast to be the guest on? Yes, it is. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) We want you to set your your nerves at ease. You're just going to be great. We're just going to share and talk together. And our listeners are going to fall in love with you just as um, we just are. We just think you're wonderful and we know that they will be blessed by you too. So. Can we just get started with an introduction time? Just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and... Tell us about you. Okay. Yeah. Um, my name's Caitlin McAllister, and I'm married to Josh. We are high school sweethearts. We're both um, born at, well, raised in Owasso. He was born here. We started dating when we were 14 and 15, so I don't know what our parents were thinking. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we love it here and lucky to have both of our families living close by. And we have two sweet little boys, Grayson, who's two, and Graham is three months. So I have two under two. Um, busy mama. Busy running off of caffeine and Jesus. It's a little <laughs> bit crazy in our house right now, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And when you went to college, what did you go to college for? Um, nursing. So yes. I'm a neonatal ICU nurse. So I take care of premature babies and then also some full-term babies that need a little extra help transitioning mm-hmm. into the outside world. Awesome. That's Fantastic. cool. Where, where did you go to college? Baylor. Baylor. Yes. That's right. Yes. So for you and Josh, when you started dating that young, was it just smooth sailing the whole time? Um, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> we have learned so much about each other. Um, since literally growing up together but no we had a short break in college and honestly it was probably one of the best things that could have happened um that break and it's made me appreciate him so much better characteristics and we've just grown so much closer together since that time absolutely I can relate to that God used a similar time for my husband and me that when Chris and I came back after a breakup Mm -hmm. the Commitment was just so mm-hmm. secure, and we appreciated each other so much more, and God used it. We've talked about that many times, that it was his work in us. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, so would you like to tell us just some fun things about your marriage, and what's it like being a mama to two, and maybe just 
your antics that you have to chase your boys through through the days and things like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. It is crazy in our house right now. So uh, once we threw kids in the mix, it's a whole different ball game. I saw a picture the other day, and the quote said, one day we woke up and decided that we were tired of doing whatever we wanted in a clean house, so we had kids, which is <laughs> so, so, so true. true. <laughs> true. Yes. Um, but no, motherhood, it's the most challenging, rewarding, and selfless journey. Um, it refines us, it grows us, it humbles us, and it teaches us. I agree with all of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, still learning every day. Definitely don't have it uh, under control at all <laughs> in my house. Still trying to learn from older women um, as much as I can, but it's, I feel like it's a learn-as-you-go kind of thing. It is, yeah. Especially with toddlers. It's one day something works, and uh-huh. the next day it doesn't always work. <laughs> and then there's also the fun fact that when you are able to thank the Lord, kind of figure out your which child you're, you're talking with or working with, you think it's going to work for this second or third. Oh, mm-hmm. no, it does not. And it's all different. Oh yeah, I, it's like so starting I'm finding all out over yes. again. So I'm finding out. Yes, with Grayson, I, you know, all my life I wanted to be a mom, and I'm a planner, and I want things perfect. And uh, before we had Grayson, I planned the perfect nursery. I researched, you know, the best toys, the best bottles, all this stuff. And um, if there was a blog post for a first time moms. I read it. <laughs> so, um, and then we had him and he, he's the best kid, but those first three months were crazy. He had colic. Um, we were in the NICU for a couple days and he didn't latch like we wanted him to. So I think I tried every bottle out there and, um, ended up taking the 99 cent bottles were his favorite ones. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, but. something I just have to say about that, that is just I think the irony of life, uh-huh. you, you are literally the most qualified to take <laughs> care of a baby of any person In a I NICU. know. In NICU. Yeah. NICU nurse. You know it all about babies. <laughs> and then it's kind of funny that then there you're probably taking care of Grayson thinking, yeah. wait a second, I'm yeah. supposed to know all these things uh-huh. and now I'm using the 99 cent bottle. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Yeah, but... That's just, I guess, the epitome of motherhood in life, though. You think you have everything planned and perfect and under control, and God has something else in mind. So, Did becoming a mother change how you did nursing also at all? Yeah, for sure. I think that I see things just in a totally different light Mm -hmm. now. You know, that mother-child bond, um, being separated from your baby right after they're born is... There's nothing natural about that. It's heartbreaking. Whether they're in the NICU for a couple of hours or for a couple of months, it's heartbreaking to watch these moms. Right. And so Quinn had to be in the NICU yes. for a week. It was okay. Rough. Yeah, it's mm. it's heartbreaking yeah. for sure. But um, it's definitely a big ministry, and I I love it. Loving on the babies and loving on the moms. So. It's a big ministry. Yes. Yes. So going through becoming a new mother and all that, what does your support system look like that you have? Yeah, so we have an amazing support system um, when our family lives in town. So they're always great. Um, we have um, a group of young married couples that we have gone through the trenches with together. I could name multiple things that we've all been there for each other, and it's just been amazing over to watch us go from 
newlyweds to we've started having kids together and our kids are becoming friends. And just watching those relationships grow has been amazing. That support group is so important. A community of like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ who love life together, just mm-hmm. have fun together, mm-hmm. grow together. And then when, you, when you're crying, they come and cry mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of the people that you are referring to and what great friends they are. And I'm just so grateful that you and Josh were wise and opened your hearts to these great friends and made those connections because when you are in the middle of the storm, you don't really have time to develop those deep friendships right then. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you had built that community Mm -hmm. was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And we're about to talk about that storm in a few minutes. So that was a huge blessing that God gave you in advance before you mm-hmm. knew But even as yes. newly married, it's important just to have that group that's going through some of the, walking through the same stuff that you are at the same oh, for time. for sure. Yes. Like, is this normal? <laughs> are you about? Or sharing a bathroom with a, a man now? You know, just all these different things. It's a whole big life change. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's been great. Well, one of the things that we always do on our podcast is we ask our guests to talk with us about a time that life got frayed, like the Mm -hmm. title, Afraid Mm -hmm. Not. So would you please share with us the story that has been going on for, you know, several weeks now, Mm -hmm. months, and um, you're kind of coming out of a storm? Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I have... Graham, and he is a little over three months old now. And so he was born on June 5th. Um, Everything is the best experience, truly. Um, A short, easy labor. We went home the next day. Recovery was a breeze. Um, What was his APGAR score? Eight, nine. Everything was great. Yeah. Yeah. So he was everything. Seemingly healthy baby. He passed his 24 hour labs. Um, he was eating great. He gained five ounces in the first week of life. He was a champ. Everything was going great, um, which was a completely different experience than Grayson. You know, we had a NICU stay, mm-hmm. a much more rough postpartum recovery. So I just truly felt like I was on this honeymoon bliss type of right. feeling. I didn't have those crazy postpartum hormones. Um he was just a seemingly easy baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember telling Josh that it just one night we were laying in bed and I was looking at some pictures and I was like, it all just seems too good to be true. You know, this two under two thing wasn't as bad as I had prepared myself for and everything just seemed to be going really smoothly. And how did big brother feel about little brother? He loves him, loved like doors. Yes. Baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. There wasn't really an ounce of jealousy that people had kind of prepared me for or anything like that. So it was just, everything was going great. And um, we went to his one month appointment and he was back at birth weight. So, uh, how much did he weigh when he was born? Eight, eight, eight pounds, eight ounces and which he had gained weight. And so it was kind of a red flag. He was losing weight and he should have been gaining more weight by then, obviously. And so, my nurse brain's obviously going to worst case scenarios. None of them were good, but I was trying to stay positive, you know, not let my mind go mm-hmm. those kind of places. And so our doctor wanted to monitor his feeds uh, for 48 hours and then we kind of reevaluate and um, figure out 
you know, if that was the issue or what's going on. So um, the next day, everything seemed pretty normal. Um, we went to coffee with a sweet friend that morning. And that afternoon, I was actually supposed to go get a pedicure with, um, well, one of the friends that we talked about, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our, our sweet uh, young couples. And so, but I texted her and canceled last minute. I was like, I just have an uneasy feeling about Graham, and I just think I need to spend some time with him. And that afternoon, he started breathing faster, and uh, shortly after that, he um, puked up all of his feeding in a very large amount, and um, he immediately started having trouble breathing. So uh, we called our pediatrician, and he wasn't even in the office, but he came in, and he checked him out, and uh, he wanted us, we went straight over to get admitted to the pediatric ICU That way we could bypass the ER and everything and get some tests run. So. This at St. John, Tulsa? Yes. Yes. Which is where he was delivered as well. Um, I want to just interject for one second before we go on. Yeah. Isn't it such a gift from God that in that that morning you had an intuition telling you, Mm -hmm. I'm uneasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the Lord. Yeah. It's the first of so many things I'll get into, but that the Lord just went ahead of us and laid that path mm-hmm. before we were even there. Because if you had gone, if you mm-hmm. had a sitter, mm-hmm. it just could have gone a very different way. Mm-hmm. But yep. you were right there. Right. Yep. Yeah. So we got admitted to the PICU, and uh, they started running some tests, and uh, shortly after that, when the results started coming in, our room started getting flooded with people. Um, We didn't still really know what was going on, but me being a nurse, I kind of know it's not good. Mm -hmm. And um, our doctor was actually, he was too busy talking. We found out later, he was too busy talking with um, OU Children's in Oklahoma City to... um, kind of update us because he was trying to get us transported over there as soon as possible. And so our room's being flooded with all these people. I'm physically getting sick. I got sick physically multiple times um, during this time. Did Josh leave work and meet you up there? He actually, he was was still off of work. He was blessed with getting six weeks off. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So he he, came with you? Yeah. So he was with me the whole time. Good. Um, But... Uh, so I'm getting sick. My sweet husband, he's trying to be a rock, but we just keep looking at each other, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can't tell us. They have to wait for the doctor. So um, the doctor gets off the phone with Oklahoma City, and he takes us to a back room. So I know this isn't mm-hmm. going well. And Job hazard, you kind of know too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he tells us that Graham... Basically, he had a coarctation of the aorta, which is a narrowing of his aorta that uh, is supplying blood flow to the lower part of his body, so all of his organs um, down. And he has a hypoplastic aortic arch, so his um, aortic arch is underdeveloped, which would mean they would have to completely reconstruct that as well. And then he had two holes in his hearts, um, one hole between his right and left atrium, and then one hole between his right and left ventricle. The atri- the 
the one between his atrium wasn't as big of a deal. It was really small, but the one between his ventricles was very large. So they thought that they would also need to fix that, whether that was now or later. Um, that was almost a guaranteed another surgery. This is just terrible. And they didn't see any of this beforehand, like in mm-hmm. they had no signs no. or anything. Mm-mm. We had no idea. So we're talking to the doctor, and he's explaining everything that's going to happen, explaining that we're going to need to go for emergency open-heart surgery, and um, he's going to need to be transported. And at the time, he said, I'm trying to get you into OU Children's, and they don't have a room. So all I'm knowing is he has to have emergency surgery. We don't have a room. You know, what? Yeah. what's going on? What are we going to do? And... Uh, it could mean getting transported further away to an, another state. And oh, my goodness. So, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And um, I don't really know all of the details, but God worked all that out. And within 15 minutes, they called us back and said, okay, we got a room. Um, he's being transported to Oklahoma City. They, but they said we also reviewed his ultrasound of his heart, and his heart function is so poor that you need to prepare the parent's for a full code. Oh. And, um, sorry. That's okay. So during the transporta- transportation, they were worried about it? So um, they needed to put him on a ventilator to start a medication um, to try to get a hole in his heart open back up um, that was related to his coarctation and... Um, that medicine can cause them to stop breathing, so they needed to get him on a ventilator. But to do that, um, they just weren't sure that his body was strong enough to go under the stress of being intubated, being put on that okay, ventilator. Sure. So those are words that no parent should ever have to hear, um, watching them pull the code meds to have them at the bedside. And we had to leave the room while they did this. And, uh, I didn't know that they made you leave. Yes, is that just mm-hmm. procedure? It's just... Pr- yeah, it's protocol. Right. So, but uh, still, oh yeah. So I'm squeezing his hand one last time, and I'm standing over his bedside trying to play, pray. You know, what do we even say? Like thirty mm-hmm. minutes ago, he was smiling at me, and what's even going on? And um, I remember God just spoke these words over me, and He said, "Caitlin." He was mine way before he was yours. And I think in that moment, you know, I just got that over an overwhelming peace that they talk about. And uh, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And throughout this whole journey, that peace that surpasses all understanding, that's really the only way to describe everything truly so he made it um through being put on the ventilator everything went beautiful and uh we were so we were transported to OU Children's so he was being life flighted by helicopter to OU Children's and Josh and I were driving um, down the Turner Turnpike. Let you in? No, it's also yeah. protocol. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember them telling us that. Somebody yeah. had told us that that you all were having to follow yeah. them down, and I was like, Yeah, must have been the longest car ride of your life. 
It was. We we went a little faster than uh, I'll say on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. But even my sweet husband, even on that drive to Oklahoma City, we we're kind of you know a mixture of all sorts of emotions, not still really knowing what's going on completely, not being able to really process anything. And he looked at me and he's, you know, I don't really know what lies ahead, but I'm not going to allow this to pull us apart. Um, We're going to cling to each other. And that we did. (laughs) So um, from there, we went on a basically three-week journey. Um, We initially thought that he would need to go in for surgery as soon as possible, but uh, the first little miracle, they were able, that hole that I was talking about for the medicine that he needed to go on, they were yes. trying to get it opened. Um, they didn't think it would probably open cause he was five weeks old. And typically after being a month old, they can't get, um, that back open. So, and they were that opened back up that allowed them to wait a little bit longer to let his heart get as strong as possible before going into surgery so that we'd have the best outcome. Right. And which was great, but that also meant that we had 10 long days longer mm -hmm, until surgery. So a lot of time just spent sitting, waiting. Um, A majority of that time he was on the ventilator, so I couldn't hold him. Um, He's hooked up to all these wires and tubes and was he unconscious? He was sedated mm-hmm. while he was mm-hmm. on uh, the ventilator, yeah. So he would wake up a little bit, but... Uh, so was it just you and Josh down there, and then was Graham here with his grandparents, or...? Yes, yeah, so grandparents watched Grayson. They kind of I mean, tag-teamed that, and... Um, but during those 10 days, you know, initially I thought this is going to be such a long time. Um, it's going to be a hard week, and uh, it's just... It was just the... Per- beginning of the Lord's provision, I could go on and on and talk about it for hours, but um, his provision was just amazing. So I don't typically uh, trust people taking care of my children very (laughs) easily. I want to be in control of that. And um, I immediately trusted the staff and that's something that can only be explained by God. Even looking back, I'm like, how did I even <laughs> just let them take care of my baby? And I'll let that. Um, God sent so many different people that week uh, at just the right times to speak words of encouragement, bring us meals, love on us, and just sit with us in our heartbreak mm-hmm. and just walk through it with us. Um, we couldn't even look at our phones without crying, truly. There are so many texts and messages, um, just the unity in the body of Christ and prayer for our little baby was so incredibly humbling. So from our end, we were, we were some of the many, many people that were praying mm-hmm. for you, yeah, for Josh, for Graham, for Grayson, for your parents and our whole church stopped mm-hmm. and prayed yeah. together yes. that Sunday morning in July. And it was a powerful moment. It was we, a powerful, powerful. We were watching it on uh, our laptop in his hospital room, and <laughs> the oh. nurse walked in right as, and we're 
completely in tears. And <laughs> but uh, no, it truly. And did you was get a care package from people at church? Oh my goodness, so many care packages. Yes, it was so overwhelming. Um, people were so generous, and the notes they wrote, and the gifts, and there's not really a better word than just humbling and overwhelming. Um, but it's just, it was so amazing that week to see how God, his provision, and he just cared about even the little details in my heart, Mm -hmm. um, during that week. So like, for example, on a day that I was really missing Grayson, um, a friend came up and visited and she had her one-year-old little boy and I got to hold him and just play with him and little things like that. That's just for your mom's heart. You just need to see a little baby smile, you know, and Mm -hmm. when you're missing your little boy back at home. And, and of course it was the first time that you'd been separated from Grayson for a way. I mean, you probably had not been away from him more than a day or two. Only overnight. The night I delivered Graham. Yeah. That was not the only time. The first night. Wow. (laughs) And what I didn't say, but we actually left to go to the doctor's office when we ended up at the hospital, we left while Grayson was sleeping. So I didn't even get to say bye to him. Because mm-hmm. it was just immediate go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm sure that was very tender for your heart. Very hard. Yeah. It, and he doesn't really, he's not at an age where you can have this complete understanding conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His little world is just, you know, yeah. he's not even two right. at that time. Right. So I'm sure after, you know, he enjoyed the grandparents taking care of him for a couple of days. I'm sure, you know, he doesn't understand why mom and dad aren't coming back. Right. Why do people keep coming in and out? And it's hard for him for sure. But, um, so you had to wait those 10 days till surgery. Yes. Yeah. And then once the surgery hit, how was that day? Um, that day was hard. (laughs) So, um, it's, very difficult for you know to just let people take care of your child, let alone handing them over for open heart surgery. But um, I just hung on to the verse Jeremiah seventeen seven and eight it says, "Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes; it leaves or its leaves are always green." It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So I just clung to scripture and um, by, a, they took him early in the morning and then by about mid-afternoon, we got word that everything, he was off of the bypass machine, everything went smoothly and um Great news. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, actually that hole that I talked about between his ventricles, a little miracle so it was large initially and mm-hmm. through that week it and uh decreased so much that they wouldn't have to do another surgery oh so wow yeah wow. um so all along you had thought in your mind this is probably the first of two surgeries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah so and we got that news that day as well and uh so that was a huge praise um and did they call in like a specialist doctor for this surgery? Yes. There um are not many of them in their pediatric cardiothoracic surgeons. So specialized Very in specialized, taking yeah. yeah, care of 
his aorta they were fixing on is about the size of a coffee straw. Oh, so wow. it was so yes, yeah. Um, and we didn't even notice at the time, but the surgeon he just moved here four or five years ago, and he's actually from the Mayo. So he was. They say he's like one of the top five in the nation. So. Wow. In Oklahoma, yeah. and God had brought him here, and so just another miracle from yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Um, and then recovery was really the best case scenario. Everything went fairly textbook, um, and honestly, faster than what we had been told to plan for. Uh, what was the long end of? the expectation when they said it could be this many days or weeks before probably a couple weeks his recovery was really the best case scenario um everything went pretty smoothly they started letting him eat and uh at first he he was showing a little bit of um what they can call like oral aversion basically having that tube Mm -hmm, in his mm -hmm. throat he had it multiple times over that two-week period so he just didn't really want a bottle in his mouth. And um, so that was kind of an issue, common issue, but something we we're going to have to work through. And But he kept trying to nurse. Every time I would hold him, he kept trying to nurse. Oh. And they don't typically, what I found out later is they don't typically breastfeed that much. They don't breastfeed heart babies that much because of, um, the, you know, they want to monitor their intake and their calories oh, okay, and sure. everything. But uh, the surgeon let us try and breastfeed he latched beautifully and within three days we were going home wow yeah so sweet sweet moment mm -hmm. when he was latched on and you were just saying yay this is working I mean it must have been so sweet yeah yeah so it was definitely an answered prayer and just something that God even the smallest desires in my heart that I probably didn't even voice, Mm -hmm. you know, out loud as a prayer because they may have seemed silly. You know, I did want to keep breastfeeding him and that seems silly in the relationship of open heart surgery, you know, but he answered that prayer. Um, Even his sleeping habits also seems very silly, but he was in a little gel pad essentially for two Mm -hmm. weeks that felt probably like a constant hug. So I was worried about going home and you know, he's going to want to be held all the time. How am I supposed to do that with two babies? Just little things um, that just weren't an issue that I worried about. I was worried they can sometimes withdraw from their pain meds, and he didn't. Didn't have any issues? No, just very, very minor. Um, so uh, even just seeing how God answered those little small details, my small uh, desires in my heart were... So many blessings. Yeah, so many. Mm-hmm. So where are you now on, in everything? Oh, goodness. In relation to Grams, mm -hmm. he is doing amazing. So I kind of talked about his eating and everything. They really monitor weight gain with heart babies. Um, Sometimes they can have trouble gaining weight. He's been gaining a pound a week. So he's over 14 pounds now. Um, And doing great with that. Um, He's catching up developmentally. Because being in the hospital for a couple of weeks and laying in bed, you know, there, it was to be expected to mm-hmm. be a little bit delayed with some of that development. But he's making leaps and bounds, um, catching up developmentally, and he's just the happiest little smiley 
guy, yeah, sweetest little baby. <laughs> Do they expect him to have any other issues ever, or are they just going to monitor so, for a while? Yeah, he. They say the first six months um, is when he's at highest risk for um, basically the aorta renarrowing. I think with some of that scar tissue, mm-hmm. but so they, we have to keep going back to be monitored for that. And he is on a couple, like he's on high blood pressure medication, um, right now, but they think by six months that he will be able to be off of all medication and then he'll just have to be monitored. So for the rest of his life, he'll have to be monitored. Um, he also, he has a, what they call a bicuspid aortic valve and they don't, but they don't think that should be an issue until later on, like 50s or 60s. Sometimes they have to get that replaced. But for right now, he's, he's doing amazing. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That is awesome. So how if you were t- telling a new mom that was dealing with a health issue like this, what advice would you give? Oh, my goodness. Um, just cling to the Lord. Um, you know, God doesn't always answer everything with a yes. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's a wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't always know how he's going to answer it, but just know that he, he's working all things for his good and for his kingdom. Um, I think that going through trauma, whether it's with our kids or health, different battles, uh, it really allows you to experience faith in a whole new way. Um, it's one thing to say, God, I trust you, but especially when it comes to our kids. Right. You know, like, actually, I, I want to be in control of that. <laughs> but um, yeah, you just have to cling to the promises of Scripture and give up that control you thought you had, but you never really did. Um, yeah, that's the thing. We really never had it. I mean, you never really... <laughs> we did. <laughs> right. Um, it's... Giving up that control and realizing that we aren't in control, it's so scary, but it's so beautiful and freeing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the worst case scenarios already happened. God said was murdered, and even that God turned that into good. So yeah. he's working all things for good, and we just have to trust him. What are some of those special ways that little things that God did through even strangers or or friends. Or what yeah. would you tell yeah. other people if they have a friend going through this? Oh my goodness. Yes. I would say always listening to always listen to the promptings of the Lord. Um in the past maybe I've talked myself out of doing something or saying something or sending a text, uh, whether that was because I was too busy or I just thought I didn't know them well enough, or maybe they're a complete stranger. Um, but we had so many people reach out to us, either send us gift cards so I could go get some clothes at Target because I said the outfit I wore, you know, the day everything happened or um, people sending encouraging texts even when I was too overwhelmed to reply that just kept mm-hmm. pouring into me. Um, we had a couple of people that stake out in my mind. We had, it was a friend of a friend and I didn't even know her. She was a complete stranger. And God, she felt that God was telling her to come talk to us at the hospital. Um, she had a direct message from the Lord to me as a mom and as a nurse. She is also a nurse. And 
um, someone that I don't even know, and she just poured words of encouragement into me. Um, and they were such timely words, you know, that I, I didn't do anything. I didn't miss something, right. um, you know, because I was feeling those guilt feelings sure. and everything. And Being she, a nurse. Yes. Yeah. And um, she just, if she wouldn't have listened, those words were so encouraging to me, and I've still clung on to them. And, you know, she listened to God's prompting. And um, there are a couple families in our church that have been through um, similar situations. They walked the road a little bit ahead of us with their kids in heart surgeries, and they poured into us and um some of those relationships that god was already years before this ever happened god was already starting to form in um a man in particular that poured into josh through all of this and just just over and over again i would just say listen listen to the promptings of lord Um, if you feel like he's telling you something you need to move and act when Mm -hmm. he does it um yeah yeah so good for us to remember that today. I don't want to miss a single chance to have a moment like that amazing lady mm-hmm. had with you mm-hmm. and how much difference that made for you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to walk by any open doors. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, now when you have a parent, parents that are going through this as a nurse, how you're going to be able to be right there in the middle of it with them? Yeah. It's in a way that other mm-hmm. people probably mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. I mean, until you've walked the road, you can only kind mm-hmm. of, you know, think about how that would feel. But until you've really done it and been there, it's can and definitely minister in that way. Known in a million mm-hmm. years that you would have to walk that road. No, it's one of those <laughs> things that those those kind of you know they happen, but you they always happen to somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. sure. why would why would this happen to us? You know, why why did God choose um, my baby for to have heart problems or whatever? And um, some of those answers I will never have until we get to heaven, but I just trust that God knows what he's doing and he's got this all under control. Yeah. That's right. What an encouraging reminder. I mean, no matter what is going on in our lives, so listeners, wherever you are, that sentence that Caitlin just said, no matter what is going on, God is in it. God is right where you are. I mean, nothing that's happening is taking him by surprise. He knows it all. He's got and he it. goes before us, and he already knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. So do you have any final things that you wanted to say to the listeners or anything that, you know, words of encouragement that you had? Yeah, I would just say, you know, sometimes after we pray for miracles and we pray for our prayers to be answered. And then when they are, uh, and after that worry and that fear of the time subsides, we forget that God answered our prayers and, uh, walking through this with Graham, just, I don't want to ever forget everything that God taught me. Every little tiny little thing that he worked, Mm -hmm. um, and the prayers that were answered. Yeah. So are you journaling that or are you like, do you have any kind of thing that you're doing to remember it? Yeah. I've been trying to write everything down because I've just realized so quickly that I forget the tiniest, it's the tiny details that God cares about and that right. those are the ones that we forget and I just don't ever forget it. Yeah. And it, it, listeners, if you need some encouragement or want to see the story and how it unfolded, they can follow you on Facebook. Yeah. 
Because yeah. you're kind of putting it on mm-hmm. journaling yeah. on Facebook, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So that's great. And congratulations on a recent anniversary that you just oh, had. Oh, thank you. And a sweet birthday for your big boy who's two. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't even believe it. <laughs> How many years have you and Josh been married now? Four. Four years. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we're hoping for year five to be a little bit, uh, a <laughs> little bit calmer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. We for appreciate you sharing me. your story. Yes. I know it's fresh yes. still, so yes, we really appreciate yes. you coming. Thanks, everyone. We're so glad that you were here today to listen to Caitlin's story. What a blessing she is. And I'm just reading something off of her Facebook post that she recently posted saying, I'm still trying to process what in the world just happened over these past 12 weeks. I hope I remember everything the Lord has taught me during this time. I've had my faith tested. Going through trauma and battles allow you to experience faith in a whole new way. It's one thing to say, God, I trust you. But when it comes to my babies, it's a lot harder to live that out. Realizing we aren't in control is scary, yet it's so incredibly beautiful and free. So often we pray for miracles, and after our worry and fear subsides, we forget that our prayers were answered. This feels like the end of a season, a season I thought would include lots of newborn snuggles at home, but a lot of it was spent in the sterile ICU room and at doctor offices. A season that has been so sweet yet challenging. A season that I'm honestly ready to be over but has forever changed me and I never want to forget. It's just important that we do keep things that help us remember that God is faithful all the time. He's good all the time and all the time he's good. So thank you again so much for listening. We appreciate you and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.